but could you give Brad a massive welcome as he comes up? It's generally me that wins, if you're wondering. Is it just me or the iPhones getting bigger? I've got to actually have a stand. It's unreal. My wife actually just walked out to grab me some water, so she's somewhere else, but that's great. Hey, um, massive welcome to you guys. A massive welcome to the guys that are in here, the guys and girls that are in here. For those of you streaming online, I just wanted to pass on my welcome to you. Um, Merry Christmas, New Year. I think if you're flexible enough, why don't you go ahead and pat yourself on the back? You made it. We're in 2021. Can you believe it? It's been a pretty hectic year for a lot of us, and um, we believe as a church that life is actually found in Jesus. It's not in our circumstances that we can actually enter into life no matter what we're going through. Um, Jesus actually says in John 10, 10 that he has come to give us life and life to the full. So I'm really excited about tonight. I feel like God wants to speak to not only me, but I feel like someone in here is gonna benefit from hearing God's word. So I just wanna start by praying that his voice might be louder than my voice. So go ahead and bow your heads with me. Lord, I wanna thank you that by your spirit, you're here with us. Lord, that you love every single person in this room. Lord, that you actually created every single person in this room, Lord, and you have a plan for them, a plan for them to come and to find life and find hope in you, the King. So God, tonight, I'm really praying that your spirit is working on hearts, Lord, that people are receptive to what you wanna say. And God, as I attempt to speak, Lord, will my voice be small and your voice be loud? God, we love you. Come speak, we pray. Amen. So tonight I want to speak on, I think it's a pretty relevant topic, what it means to live a blessed life. What does it mean to be blessed? It's a pretty simple message, but like I said, there is a point that I really want to make and I pray that we get it here together tonight. So I just wanted to share one thing, like let you in on a little bit of my life. When I was a kid, you know what I thought? If I just had this thing, I would be blessed. I hope it's gonna come up on the screen. It was a Nokia 3315. Now look at this, it's not coming up. But you should have seen this thing. If you could see a picture, you can Google it on your smartphones later. But man, this thing was beautiful. Just the way it fit in the palm of your hand, the way the buttons flowed in together, you know, you could do all the things. You could store contacts on that bad boy. You could make calls if you were, you know, if you had reception at the time, you could make calls. You could send text messages for 25 cents a piece. This thing was unreal. Um, you could even play Snake too. Like, has anyone heard of that or is it just me? I'm, I'm over 30, so <laughs> someone remembers Snake too. But I tell you what, I was just, I was unreal at this game. I, I will give that little snapshot. But like, there's this little snake thing he goes around picks up pellets, I think there's like a, a mouse or something that comes up, you grab that. But you know, when I was a kid, I saw people that had this Nokia 3315 and I thought, whoa, they're blessed. And they would just roll into school and at that time you weren't allowed phones at school and they'd slip it out of their pocket and I'd be like, this guy's the coolest guy of all time. This guy's blessed. So that was me. I don't know where you guys are at, but that was me confessing to you. But what I wanna start with is why don't you turn to the person next to you and just give them an idea of what it was for you when you were growing up. What did you think would lead to a blessed life? Why don't you take a minute to do that?
That's good. Lots of chatter. Some laughter, some tears, no doubt. I, I do pray that you experience that one thing that led to your blessed life when you were a kid. So look, we've got a bit of a smaller sample size here. I wanted to broaden our minds. So being a millennial, I jumped on the World Wide Web. Um, that's the internet for you guys. And I jumped on this thing called Twitter. And I just wanted to try and find what people thought around what is this blessed idea. So I punched in the hashtag, and I still don't know what a hashtag is, but I punched in hashtag blessed, and this is what came up. Had a great weekend away, hashtag blessed. Got the new job, hashtag blessed. Things are going well for me, hashtag blessed. I don't know if you guys relate to this one. The laundry is done, hashtag blessed. This is one of my favorites, eating tacos, hashtag blessed. There's a lot, there's actually a heck of a lot of them. There was um, breakfast with a view, a nice house, going after my dreams, got that new theatre room, had that great coffee at the Brew Testament in the north side of Brisbane, hit that new PB at the gym, hashtag blessed. All of these were with that hashtag. And um, I had a little story as well that I found on Twitter. And you're gonna have to listen carefully because I don't think it's gonna come up behind me. So this is what someone wrote. He said, I met a kid outside the mall crying. He had just lost his $200. So being the kind of gentleman I am, I gave him $40 out of the $200 I just found. When God blesses you, you must bless others. Hashtag blessed. And that's, you know, that's a bit of fun. That's a, a bit of banter. But I just wanted to go and, and share with you, like there's an ancient word for this word that we're throwing around tonight. It's an ancient Greek word called um, makarios. And um, translated, it actually means the highest type of well-being possible for human beings. And the Greeks actually used it to say, that, to describe the kind of blissful existence that was characteristic of the gods. So what do you think it means to live the highest well-being for human beings? It seems from that kind of broader sample size that we've equated this, this form of life, this, to have that blessed life means to have everything that you've ever wanted. To have that Makarios life means that I've got everything I've ever dreamt of. But where does that kind of thinking lead us? Because not everyone has everything they've ever wanted. You might not have had those great tacos. You might not have got the new job. In fact, you might have lost your job. You see, by that logic, the people that have all these things, the people that have everything they've ever wanted, they must be living truly blessed lives, right? With that kind of logic. So I just wanted to take a minute now to kind of um, look at some of these people in our contemporary culture that have all of their stuff, that they have had everything they've ever wanted. The first, um, it's, another, it's a famous quote by a Jim Carrey. You know Jim Carrey. In all these movies, he's amassed a lot of wealth. He's gained critical respect. He's the respect of his peers too. And this is what he says. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they've ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. And um, tragically, if we look at examples like uh, Robin Williams or many other celebrities, again, they've had everything they've ever dreamed of, but sadly, they end up taking their own life, tragically. It's because it didn't fill this deep need to live that kind of life. So it seems like blessing um, isn't kind of having everything you've ever wanted, but let's go a little bit broader. Let's have a look at a biblical example of somebody that had everything. 
they would have in our eyes been called a blessed person. And tonight I wanna look at King Solomon. You might've heard of this guy. He was the wealthiest man that's ever lived. Some of his garments were probably more expensive than our houses. He had amassed incredible wealth. He had incredible wisdom. He had anything, everything he had ever wanted and more. And let's have a look at his words over in Ecclesiastes. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs of water to grow flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flock than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. Listen to this. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for my toil. Now listen to this in verse 11. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I'd toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. It's interesting um, what we read in Ecclesiastes of Solomon's experience. It says there that if he saw something that he wanted, he got it. If his eye cast over and he said, I want that block of land, he got that block of land. He denied himself nothing that his eyes desired. He refused his heart no pleasure. But at the end of it all, this is what he says, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Again, if we zoom back, it's interesting, isn't it, that we see examples of this in the Bible and we see contemporary examples of this these people that from a worldly perspective would be on Twitter saying hashtag bless, these people, but they all reach the same conclusion that these blessings, these material things they actually didn't lead them into a depth of life. It didn't lead them into living that blessed life. And I think um, you would know that feeling. I certainly know that feeling that, you know, you, you want that 3315 so bad and you want it for so long and you think it's gonna solve and hit all those spots that you want in your heart and you get it and you give it a week and then you're back to square one. Your heart wants something else, you've moved on. It didn't fill that space. It didn't bring the blessing that you thought it would. So if blessing was to equal having everything you've ever wanted, it doesn't really lead to the highest type of well-beings for human beings, does it? Not, it's not true for me and it's not true for you. So I just wanna ask you, is there a hope for us? If we can't buy our way into blessing, if we can't enjoy what we, we buy um, and it, it lead to this fullness of life, is there a hope for you and for me? Well, like I said before, this person, Jesus, is very intriguing. We believe as a church that he is just the person. He is, he is God in flesh. He has come so that you and I might have life and life to the full. I know there's a misconception that if you come to Jesus, you've got to give up all the fun stuff, that you've got to kind of live this dull existence. But I tell you, that's not true. 
When you come to Jesus, you will find life. So we wanna examine Jesus' words here tonight. That's what we wanna do. We wanna carefully examine what he's saying to kind of ascertain what Jesus is saying to you and to me here tonight. So we're gonna jump into the Beatitudes, which is found in Matthew chapter five, if you wanna jump open there. And the Beatitudes, what that actually means is just, it means supreme blessedness or blessedness. Makes for a really great hashtag, I coined it. So um, it's basically a list. Jesus is hitting a list of what it means to be blessed in the kingdom of God. And let me read God's word to us here tonight. It comes from Matthew 5. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you and say falsely all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets before you. Interesting stuff there, isn't it? It actually seems like Jesus' words are in direct contrast to that definition of living that blessed life that we just had a look at. Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, he actually records the same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. I'm just gonna read his account for us. It's found in Luke chapter six. It says, Jesus, looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor. It's interesting. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how the ancestors treated the prophets. And then it goes on to say this, but woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Pretty harsh words, aren't they? Again, we get this theme. These things that Jesus is saying in both accounts of the same sermon, they seem to be in direct opposition to the definition we came up earlier. In fact, in verse 24, you see Jesus actually scathing the hashtag bless. He says, woe to you who are rich. So what do we think Jesus' words, what do we think they mean? Have you ever stopped and wondered, what do Jesus' words actually mean? Is this just the list? What does it mean to live a blessed life? You know, Christians across the age have actually used the Beatitudes as a bit of a, a bit of a crash course in how to gain God's favor, on how to um, gain blessing. 
It's almost like a bit of a form. You want to be blessed? Well, you've got to tick the poor thing. Well, you've got to, you've got to be in mourning. You better be persecuted. And we've kind of viewed that as, a, okay, if I can tick these boxes, then God is going to bless me. And people have um, interpreted the Beatitudes as actually the ideal way a Christian should live. And I guess if you take that to the nth degree, if you really apply that theology, it can be damaging. Um, Author Dallas Willard speaks of a mother approaching him after a sermon he gave one time on this very topic, the Beatitudes. She shared with Dallas how her son no longer identified as a follower of Jesus, no longer identified as a Christian person because he saw this list and he thought of it as an ideal way for a Christian to live and that just wasn't him. He was in the army, he was strong, um, he had quite a bit of money that he'd saved together and he said, I'm not that, therefore I'm not blessed and he actually ended up walking away from the faith. Now I said earlier that Jesus' words are precious. They're precious to us today, they were precious to his hearers at the time. So it's important that we have a look at what he's saying and kind of try to take in, to try and take them seriously. So we're going to do that. We're going to examine his words. But I just wanted to start tonight by kind of looking at what Jesus didn't say, because I think that's sometimes as helpful. So Jesus did not say blessed are the poor in spirit because they were poor in spirit. He didn't say blessed are those who mourn because they mourn. He didn't say blessed are those who are hungry because they're hungry. And I wonder if that's something that you've kind of thought within the past or if you haven't given much thought to it. But I just wanted to pose this question, if that's a way that we're going to be reading the Beatitudes, how poor is poor enough? How much money can you keep for yourself? How long do you have to mourn for? How many weeks? Is it years? How long do you have to do that before God is going to bless you? How long do you have to be hungry for before God blesses you? How many meals can you skip or how many meals can you have a week? Would you lose your blessing if you weren't hungry, if you were well fed? See, I believe the Beatitudes cannot be good news. They cannot be life-giving if they're simply understood as a list of how-tos to twist God's arm into achieving the blessed life. And I'll tell you why. If that were true, if you could earn your blessing, you could cut Jesus out of the story altogether. Let's skip this Jesus guy. Let's just be as poor as we can. Let's mourn for a while. Let's do this. Let's let's hit those boxes. Then we'll get our blessing. You could actually ironically skip um, and leave out the most important part of the story, the one from which all blessing flows, the one who we find life in. The next point is, You could actually earn or lose your blessing depending on where you sit. You could earn it in the ways like, I'm gonna hit these boxes or if you don't hit those boxes, you're somehow not blessed. You could lose your blessing. And if we're honest, I think that kind of view on the Beatitudes turns itself into a new set of legalism. We often look at the other side of the coin for legalism, but this could be viewed that way too. It's a new form of legalism. But I believe, and I'm actually convinced, that there is something much more beautiful to what Jesus is saying here, something much more freeing, something more life-giving. And it's the good news. It's the hope we have in Jesus. So I just want to give us a little bit of context 
So um, in the original scriptures, there wasn't the chapter breaks that we have at the moment. There weren't verse references. They're kind of for our help. Um, So Matthew 4, where that finishes off, actually flows into the story that we have been reading. And Matthew 4 actually finishes with a, a massive, a large crowd gathering around Jesus. These people are desperate for a touch from Jesus. And it says in that crowd, they brought people with various illnesses. They said people that were severely sick with various diseases, people that were suffering, people that were suffering severe pain. They brought demon-possessed people, people having seizures, those who were paralyzed. You know what? He healed them all. And then we jump into chapter five and it's not like it's, this, it's cut to the next scene. It's a flow on from that scene. So as we began that story, Jesus actually goes up onto a hill. And I believe that's because there were so many people. He wanted his voice to be heard. So he got up on a hill where he could get the right trajectory for his voice. What he didn't do is sneak off into the the back room and kind of give the disciples a bit of a cheat sheet on how to be blessed. No, he spoke to the masses because he wanted to get across this point. And if you're familiar with this, um, the main character, Jesus here, Jesus actually taught with concrete and tangible examples, real people, real places, real things. If you read it, it's very earthy. He's talking about trees. He's talking about dirt. He's talking about mountains, all these things. That's how Jesus taught, using everything around him. And using those methods, Jesus would teach. The main theme of his teaching was the present availability of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God not just for a select group of people, not just for the religious elite, not just for the hashtag blessed people, but for all people. I just want you to imagine for a moment that you're looking at this crowd of people that was around Jesus at the time. You know, who were these people that he was addressing? Well, Matthew 4 gives us pretty decent clues. It was the ill, it was the suffering. It was the people that, had deep needs that sought out Jesus. It was the people that were destitute, the people that had nowhere else to turn except to this man, Jesus, they had heard could change lives. See, these people in the crowd, they didn't have that hashtag blessed life. They weren't the religious elite of the time. They weren't the ones with perfect health. They weren't the ones that other people looked up to. In fact, from a human point of view, these people were regarded as the most hopeless the most beyond all possibility of God's blessing or even God's interest. And yet here we have Jesus, God in flesh, saying that these people are blessed. Well, how? How are these people blessed? Why are these people blessed? Well, this is the good news. I just want you to picture for a moment that you were actually there. You were standing in the crowd And Jesus, as he would, using things in his immediate, is sifting through the crowd, teaching as he goes. And you see him walking through these these settings and these people, and he saw someone over there that he knew was poor. He saw this person and he knew that they had been struggling to make ends meet. Someone, he saw someone that had been written off, that was on the fringe of society someone who themselves believed that they were out of reach of God and yet Jesus reaches out, puts his hand on their shoulder and looks them in the eyes and says, you are blessed. And as he keeps going, he he sees someone who knows has just lost a son or a daughter. He knows that they're in mourning. 
And what does he do? He walks over, he puts his hand on their shoulder, he looks them directly in the eyes and says, you are blessed. And he sees someone there that he knows has missed many meals that week, who is hungry, who is destitute. And yet he, the King of Kings, puts his hand on their shoulder and says, you are blessed. Can you imagine what these people were thinking? Listen to what um, Dallas Willard says about the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are a list of human lasts who at the individualized touch of the heavens become divine firsts. I'm just gonna share that with us again. The Beatitudes are lists of human lasts who at an individualized touch of the heavens become divine firsts. The gospel of the kingdom is that no one is beyond a Beatitude, that no one is beyond a blessing because the rule of God from the heavens is available to all. I love these last few words. Everyone can reach it and it can reach everyone. You see, what Jesus is saying in these Beatitudes is not your circumstances. It's not the thing that you're going through that leads to the blessing. It's not the things that you've accumulated. It's not the things that you've given away. It's not the things that you have. It's not the things that you don't have. The Macarios life, the highest well-being possible for a human being comes when you step into relationship with Jesus, when you enter the kingdom of God, when you enter into relationship with the source of life, the source of blessing itself. It's when you enter life walking with King Jesus. So what does it mean to live a blessed life? Well, I believe for you and me today, to live a blessed life to means to live in the kingdom of God in community with Jesus the King. And just like Jesus spoke uh, on that mountain many years ago, I believe he would do the same here tonight. He might, using the immediate surroundings, he might walk down the aisles and he might put his hand on your shoulder and say, blessed are those who have lost their job in COVID-19 season. He might say, blessed are those who are going through a messy divorce. He might say, blessed are the one who has to repeat a uni subject. Not because of the things, not because of what you're going through, but your proximity to the King your invitation into life and life abundant with Jesus. That's what Jesus would say to us here tonight. You see, when you live in this space, when you live in the kingdom, everything is different. Jess and I years ago got the opportunity to go to Solomon Islands and I must admit, we thought, you know, we have all this tech, we have the latest Hillsong tracks, we've got the guitars, we're gonna go over there and we're gonna bless them because we've been blessed with this gear. And I tell you what, when we left, we, had a, we were singing a very different tune. Here are people that had not a lot in the world at all. Here are the people that wouldn't be posting on Twitter that they're hashtag blessed. And yet, I tell you what, they were deeply blessed people. And we walked away with a, a new revelation of who God was from that space. You might even look at a celebrity and think, when you're in the kingdom of God, think, oh, geez, I hope they have what I have. Relationship with the king. So what Jesus is saying to us tonight is that whether you have little or whether you have a lot, there is an invitation for you, a personalized invitation to come and live that Macarios life, that blessed life with him. And I don't know, maybe you're feeling Jesus here tonight, put his hand on your shoulder and rest assured he knows what you're going through. He knows your circumstance. 2020 has been a very difficult year for all of us, but Jesus says, Come and walk with me. 
Come and live this life that is full. Come and live the John 10.10 life with me. I'm just gonna invite the band to come up now. I'm just gonna read this last quote and then we're gonna move into a bit of a response. But let me read this quote to you from Dallas Willard. God's care and provision proves that all that no human condition excludes blessedness or blessedness. That God may come to any person with his care and deliverance. Listen, the religious system of the day left the multitudes out, but Jesus welcomed them all into his kingdom. Anyone could come as well as any other. Yeah, look, maybe you're struggling here tonight and 2020 has been a year that's knocked it down time and time again. And I say, Jesus knows that. He knows your deepest needs. But I pray that your 2021 might be the best year that you've had, not because of a circumstance change, but a heart change. That you might allow um, yourself to step into what God has for you, that you might step into this Macarios life, living toe to toe with King Jesus and allow Him to shape your heart. And I, I trust me, you're gonna start seeing the world differently. You're gonna start seeing people differently. We're gonna offer a time to come and be prayed. Nathan's gonna share about that. But this last song, I wanted to finish on a high note. I wanted to finish on a joy-filled note. You know, this song is called Graves to Gardens. And again, maybe your 2020 has been like a bit of a grave. But our prayer for you tonight is that out of that grave, you might see a garden appear, a beautiful garden that you might, despite your circumstance or in your circumstance or on the other end of your circumstance, know life in Jesus and begin to experience what it is to know Him because that is true life, to know the King, to know King Jesus. That's what it is to live a blessed life. Look, I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna sing it out. I'm gonna sing it out well. Let me pray. Lord, Thank you that there is an invitation to every single person in this room, to every single person that is streaming. There is an invitation into new life in you. Lord, thank you that you've journeyed with us, God. You actually know our hurts. You know our circumstances. And yet you put your hand on our shoulder and you call us blessed. We are blessed to know you, God. And I'm praying, Lord, if people experience the hand of God tonight, if they feel like you are putting your hand on their shoulder, that they wouldn't be afraid to respond to what that means, to take steps forward into relationship with you, to begin to live in the kingdom of heaven with the King Himself, who doesn't discriminate, who offers life to all people. So God, we thank you for the life that we have and we give you honour and we give you praise. In your mighty name, amen. Yeah, thanks Brad so much. As we step into a new year, I do wanna give us an opportunity just to respond to God's Word to us tonight. And it's true, this is God's heart. I don't know what your idea has been of God uh, on your own journey, but God's heart, His desire is to bless us. And we see that most clearly as Brad shared with us tonight through the sending of his own son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. And that's where it begins in relationship with him. But I wanna give us an opportunity tonight just to be prayed for over the year ahead. 
Um, and there's a, a blessing, an ancient blessing, in fact, recorded in the Scriptures, the ironic blessing going way back to Numbers chapter 6. And this is the instructions that God actually gave to Moses. He said this, He said, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, pray over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is God's heart. Not to bless in the way that the world sees it, to bless the blessing that comes, that spiritual blessing that comes from knowing God. And He is so faithful. He is so good to us. And maybe as, as Brad has shared, it has been a really tough 2020 for you. It's been a lot of uncertainty, a lot of challenges. And as you step into this new year, um, we want to have an opportunity just to pray this blessing over you. The pastors will be down the front. A couple of others as well will be down the front here. And as we respond in worship, I just want to invite you, maybe you're stepping into something new this year. Maybe it's a new work situation, a new study situation, uh, something fresh and new. And you're saying, God, I just want you to bless this. I don't want to step into this in my own um, my own strength, my own capacity, my own direction. God wants to be with you. He wants to help you in that. The Scriptures talk about committing our ways to the Lord so that He's able to lead us and direct us and bless us. Maybe that's you. Maybe there are still some uncertainties ahead, some needs that you have, maybe work-wise or um, financial uncertainty that you're facing. Maybe there's some relational challenges ahead for the year and you're saying, Lord, I, I need your help in this. Well, come. Ask God just to bless this year ahead. Pray this blessing over you. Ask for God's help. Commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your 2021 to the Lord tonight and ask Him just to bless in that. Maybe here as a family tonight and you'd like to just come as a family and say, God, would you bless us as a family or as a couple? Maybe you're on a journey as a couple. Maybe there's some getting married here this year. I don't know. Um, or about to have a, a, a start a family. I don't know, wherever you are on the journey, but if there's something you're stepping into, just come now tonight. Ask God to bless you. This is His heart. This is His desire. He is a good God. He longs to do this. So why don't we stand on our feet? Let's jump on our feet. We even have some anointing oil here tonight as well. And if you particularly say, I'd love just anointing of blessing and that anointing of oil in the Scriptures, just a setting apart for God's holy plans and purposes uh, is what it means. That's all it means when, when you're anointed with oil, saying, God, I want to be set apart for your plans and your purposes for this year ahead. I don't want to do this year on my own, in my own strength, follow my own will. I want to surrender afresh to you tonight. So if that's you, just come. We'd love to pray for you, pray the ironic blessing over your life um, and just to bless you, for God's blessing to be upon you for this year ahead. So why don't we sing together and as we sing, you feel free to come forward and we'll be down the front here and we'd just love to pray for you. Let's do that together now. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. And man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back. 
We can sing one more song, one of those ones we did at the start. Raise a hallelujah, sounds fantastic. And it's not too late for you to come forward if you'd like to be prayed for tonight. If you're online as well, I should have said, make sure you email through to prayer at bridgeman.org.au and we'd love to pray for you. If you're up in the mezzanine, don't hesitate to come on down here as well. We'd love to pray for you tonight. Let's sing Raise a Hallelujah. Let's give thanks that our Saviour is on the throne tonight. We'll continue to pray for people down the front here as well. God bless. Thanks so much, team.
family as well and I do just want to say that again we'd love to pray for you um, if you're online email through to prayer at Bridgman if you want to know more about what it means to have a relationship with your heavenly father the one who created you through Jesus we'd love to help you on that journey our alpha course we run here I'd love to give you a bible gift pack as well but God bless you thanks so much for sharing with us tonight and if you still like prayer do come down even as we close our service tonight and don't forget our welcome lounge is going to be up in the back corner there if you're new tonight I've been coming along for a while want to meet some people do stay with us up there as well. God bless you. Please grab a seat. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.